Well, thank you, Miss Violet. It takes a lot to stand up in front of a church that you've been in a handful of times. Just curious, how many of you remember being about Violet's age and, and up here singing or in, you know, children's? A lot of us did that, right? We th- it does not define our worship. So today we're going to look at, the, at Luke chapter 15. Um, we're going to finish our, our series on parables, and then, um, and then we'll dive into something new next week. As we, as we look at this parable today, I'm going to need some help from the kids, but not yet. We're actually going to look at two parables. And the, the first one is, is if, if you listened well to the, to the worship this morning, the, the last song that we sang as a group actually told you what parable we're going we're gonna to talk about. The parable of the lost sheep. So in Luke chapter 15, we're going to start in verse 1, and we'll read through verse 7. And we'll talk about this a little bit, and then we'll move on uh, to our next parable. You can stay seated this morning as we hear the word of the Lord. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them a parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. This is the word of the Lord and we can say, Thanks be to God. So, again, we need to look at who Jesus is talking here, talking to here. Uh, we know that the disciples are there, uh, but the, the, the tax collectors and the sinners were approaching, and the Pharisees were sitting around complaining. The Pharisees were pretty good at complaining about what Jesus was doing, because what Jesus was doing was completely flipping what the Pharisees thought was supposed to be done. So, the Pharisees are pretty ticked. Oh, silly Jesus, you're, you're supposed to be with us holy Pharisees, but most definitely not with these sinners and these tax collectors. And it's always funny to me how tax collectors are mentioned in Scripture. They always, always get brought up with the bad people. I mean, they must have really not been liked in society back then. We, every time they try to list bad people in Scripture, we get tax collectors. They were just really disliked. So we have the sheep in this parable. And sheep, just like tax collectors... They get mentioned a lot in the scripture, right? In Old Testament, New Testament, we have shepherds. We have psalms about God being the shepherd. We have psalms about sheep. We have a parable about sheep. Uh, later on, we have the, the whole sheep and goats ordeal. There's a lot about sheep in scripture. Being a shepherd was pretty important in their time. And I want us to know something about sheep. So sheep are pack animals, if you didn't know. Sheep, like us, don't really like being alone. They like to, to travel together and, and move as a group. But if a sheep gets separated from the flock, it gets agitated and scared. It knows it's alone. Much like we, us, right? We know when we're alone for longer periods of time, we begin to be scared and agitated. Well, now I'm gonna, I want to look at, at the next parable that, that's right after that in the scripture. 
but I'm not going to read it today. I need the kids, all the kids to come up here and help me. So kids, come on up, come on up. Any other kids? Here, actually come over here. We need to be over here. Over here by the communion table. Come on, Sam. All right. So what is on the communion table? Quarters. Quarters, okay. How many quarters are there? Can you count them? Okay. Try again. Violet was right. There's nine. So, so there's nine quarters on the table. Well, you see, Jesus tells a parable that says that there was a woman who had ten coins. Do we have ten coins? Well, why do you think we don't have ten coins? We need one more? Well, Jesus tells the parable that, that there, there are ten coins that she has, but then she loses one. So we've got our nine I need you to help me find the tenth. All right. All right. You're, you're going to have to look a little, little broader. All right, so, yeah, so here's a hint. It's not on the platform. Try to find it. Try to find it. There's one quarter somewhere in the room. Taylor is the closest right now. Adam has passed it. Adam. <laughs> Kids, think taller. Think taller. Violet, move your hand. So we found the coin, right? Was that fun? Okay. Were these nine coins, was that fun? Was it fun, they, or were they just sitting here? Fun. fun. No, no, I'm talking about the nine. Were the nine? Yeah. They were just sitting here, right? No. So which one was more fun? That one. But finding the tenth? Yeah. Huh. Well, you know what Jesus says? He says that the woman has nine coins, and she lost one, and she couldn't find it. But then she looked, and she looked, and she looked, and she finally found it. And you know what they did? What you guys just did. They screamed and they hollered and they shouted. And it says that she called her closest friends. And they celebrated with her. So what I need you to do is I need you guys to get the adults excited about this quarter. So we need to get the adults to celebrate that we found the coin. Come on, come on. Adam, Adam, you're going to miss the best part. Everybody gets a quarter. <laughs> all right, they're all gone. That works. 
Let's hear it for the kids. Thank you for helping me tell this story. Now, now kids, pay attention because I'm going to need you back in just a few minutes, all right? So we've, we've got 99 sheep. One gets lost, and we celebrate when we find it. We have 10 coins. One gets lost, and we celebrate when we find it. Well, we're not going to read it, but the very next section of Luke is the prodigal son. A man has two sons. One takes his inheritance and runs off, comes back, and what do they do? They throw him a party, right? So these are all very similar parables. But let's think about it. So we talked about sheep. Sheep are pack animals. They know when they're lost. They get scared. They get nervous. They just want to be found. Do you think a coin knows when it's lost? No. Coins don't know when they're lost. And now the, the coins that she would have lost would have been a more value. But uh, to, to think about it in our context, if I had used pennies today, pennies almost have no value. If you just have one penny today, you can't buy anything. If you just have ten pennies today, you really can't buy anything. Maybe if you have a quarter, you can get a piece of candy, right? Hmm. You know, I love when I hear people say, in my day, we used to get a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, the, the, you know, the hamburger meat, and the buns, and it would be, you know, a nickel. And, but nowadays, even a nickel, you're not getting anything for a nickel. Hmm. I think to understand these parables, that we really need to look at that word lost. Because all of, all of these parables are talking about things that are lost, and then they become found. Many of us are probably pretty skilled in the area of losing things. I, I do pretty good with keeping track of major things. But small things, minor things, are tough, right? Every time you need it, you end up buying a new one because you can't find the one that you bought last time you needed it. I don't really like how I look in sunglasses, but I'm one of those people that I need sunglasses. If I'm outside for too long and I don't have sunglasses, I'm going to get a headache. Well, I'm also very cheap, and so I refuse to buy sunglasses because, number one, I lose them. Number two, I break them. But I had this system in place for a while that I would buy a pair of, of sunglasses from the dollar store, $5, and if I was feeling fancy, I'd buy the $7 pair. But I would not let myself buy another pair until the, the previous pair broke. So I would lose the previous pair, but I would not buy a new pair because I knew that it wasn't too lost. I don't go too many places. So normally what would happen is I'd be going somewhere special or, or have something in the back of my car, and I would move something. And it happened several times while Lauren, my sister, was there. I would move something, and there would be my sunglasses. And for some reason, my saying was, wow, the Lord provides. Because I didn't have to buy new sunglasses. So I, I knew that I would find them eventually, and I didn't want to go spend $5 when I didn't need to, because as soon as I would spend the $5, my, new, my old sunglasses would show back up, and if they weren't scratched to pieces, I'm still going to wear them. You see, I wouldn't replace them because I knew that they were not too far away. I still had hope. I still had hope that I would find them. 
You see, God's desire is not to replace the lost with somebody else. God's desire is to reach the lost. Yeah, God is God. God could say, well, you didn't work out. Let's go to this another person. That's not God's desire. God's desire is to say, I'm still coming after you. Even if this seems reckless to the world, I'm still seeking after you. God's desire is to restore the lost back to the family of God. If we look at what we believe about creation, we believe that we were all created with what was necessary to be in relationship with God. And then through the fall of Adam and Eve, we were separated from God. And then we believe that God gave us a way back to that right relationship. So we believe that we need to be restored to God. When part of the family is missing, we're incomplete. When they come back to the family, we are complete. God's heart is for the lost. Whether it be a sheep, a coin, or a prodigal son, or you or I. The one who is lost breaks God's heart. As God's church, our heart has to be for the lost. Alright, you guys just went to revival for three nights, and y'all were hooping and hollering at revival. And because of my concussion, I can't stand up and hoop and holler today. But I'm going to say that again. As God's church, our heart has to be for the lost. If we're not about the lost, we are not God's church. <laughs> Point blank, period. We can sit around if we want to and celebrate those that are not lost week after week, year after year. But Jesus is saying that the real celebration is when the lost are found. That's where celebration begins. So how do we find lost? We do what Jesus did, and we have to hang out with them. Hmm. We have to love on them. We have to walk through life with them. If we really want the lost to be found, then we have to really commit time and energy to spend with the lost. Yes, we can pray for them, but God could very well be answering our prayer by sending you to be the one that reaches out to the lost. And if we're just sitting around praying that somebody else reaches them, then we might be missing out on exactly what God is calling us to do, to go be the witness to them. The sheep. The sheep knew it was lost. The coin? The coin had no idea it was lost. It's a coin. In the world today, church... There are lots of sheep. There are lots of people out there that know that there is something. Something that they were created for. Something greater. Something pulling at their hearts. But there are a whole lot of coins too. People that don't even know that they're lost. Because they feel like they have no value. And they've never been introduced to the one who says, Even if you're just a penny, you have value. And we have to be the way in which a penny realizes that it is lost. The hard part is when, is when we find a lost coin and they, they really just don't know that they're lost. What do we do with that? They just assumed that they are in the right place, but in actuality they're missing out on being with a community of coins that's much greater together than we are when we're separated. If we are to be a church that is about seeking the lost, we have to be willing to spend time with those who are searching for home. 
and with those who have no idea they're lost. We don't do this with an attitude of, I'm found and you are lost. That's the wrong way to approach this. But rather remembering that someone invested in you when you were lost. Someone sat down with you and spent time with you. And even if you were born into a family of believers, your parents still spent the time with you. Your Sunday school teachers still spent the time with you to say, Hey, there's a God that loves you. And you don't, don't have to be lost. We just finished with three great nights of revival. And I'm so thankful for how God moved. Do you know what can continue to fan the flames of revival? You know what keeps us on fire? You know what is the fruit of revival? The lost being found. Because in our text today, what happened? Why did we throw a party? We threw a party because the lost became found. You know, some of us are really good at celebrating. Some of us have decorations for every holiday. Some of us, we love to celebrate anything and everything. Well, uh, growing up in my family, we lived in a really small town, and, but we did have a Dairy Queen, thanks be to God. And so, anytime we'll get blizzards, we would try to figure out whose birthday it was. Oh, it's second cousin Billy Bob's birthday. We gotta go celebrate. We celebrated his mom last month, and we celebrated, you know, his, his wife two months ago, so we better go. Two nights later, somebody wants ice cream. I think today's somebody's birthday. We need to go celebrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our goldfish, it's his birthday. But I, I think that we can easily, we easily forget to celebrate. We really do. It's, it's our nature, especially in the society that we live in, to keep going. To keep, keep working harder, keep doing more, keep doing better. All right. I, I, I want to do another illustration here. I need Lily and Violet to come, and they agreed to do this, so this is not impromptu. So Lily and Violet, if you'll come, actually, you come be front and center, because everybody's going to want to watch you guys anyways. So, yeah, yeah. All right, so I need you two to, do you remember what we talked about? Yeah. All right, so in a second, I need you to do what we talked about, all right? The rest of the kids, I need you guys to come back here. And any kids that are willing, we're, we're going to work this. So we need to be down here for a second, all right? All right, so how many we got? All right, cool. So let's, uh, all you guys take a seat right here for a second. All right, so Sam, you are a follower of Jesus now. You were lost, and now you are found. Thank you, Peg. Somebody listen. We celebrate. I'm thankful that you really are a follower of Jesus. All right? So, Lily and Violet, do what we talked about. All right. So, these, so Sam, Sam is now a follower of Jesus. All right? Come here, Sam. Come here, Sam. So, so, so listen, listen, though. So, Sam is a follower of Jesus now. He was lost, and now he is found. So now, if I say, listen, listen, if I say, now I need to invite Sam into my community that was lost and is now found, and I bring Sam to church, and Sam comes to church, 
And this is what Sam experiences. <laughs> Sam is going to say, nah. <laughs> all right, all right. Taylor, Taylor, stay there, stay there. All right, so Sam, Sam, sorry, you're lost again. You can go be lost with your mom. <laughs> all right, now, uh, now let us uh, act a little bit nicer. Act a little bit nicer. Adam, you were lost, but now you are found. I told you about Jesus. You learned about Jesus. But see, Adam, Adam was a little more tricky because he's younger, so we had to spend a lot more time together. And, you know, it wasn't just a, I told him about Jesus one time, but, but we got to know each other, and then he asked what was different, and so we talked about Jesus. So here, let me, let me see your hand. So you come in, and you're like, do they love each other or do they hate each other? I can't tell. Hmm. Are you going to stick around here? Nope. <laughs> all right, so now um, really have to play pretend, like each other, all right? Well, yeah, this will work. I'll do all three of you guys together. So the, the, the church, we did an outreach ministry in the community, and we had three wonderful girls that said, hey, we'd love to connect with your church. And we'd love to be a part of what God is doing in church. So I said, come with me. So, so we show up to church. And wow. They're not fighting. They look like the Jesus that we talked about. Do you want to join in? All right, come on, let's join in. What was that move? What, what were we doing? Oh, okay. All right. Hands in. Uh, and we say, go team on three. One, two, three. Go team. Good job. All right, you guys can go sit down. The text tells us that there's celebration when the lost are found. Church, as the people of God, we have to be good stewards of the lost that become found. There are too many people in our world today that have said, I love that Jesus, but I want nothing to do with that group of people. Because they show up, and maybe it looks nice, but then when they are in the hallway and they hear so-and-so talking about so-and-so who's on the other side of the church, what? This isn't the God. This, this doesn't add up. This isn't what, this doesn't work. Or maybe they hang around a little bit and they get to know somebody. And then all these negative things start coming out and, and talking and, and stirring the pot. And, and they just say, no, nah, this, isn't, this isn't what we, we talked about with Jesus. The forgiving, gracious, loving God who, who chases me down, who loves me unconditionally. Church today... I want us to realize that we have got to be reconciled to one another before we can ever hope for people to find reconciliation in this place. And I know you're probably thinking, wow, that took a really big turn. Where did this come from? We have got to be reconciled to one another before anyone can step foot in this building 
and that it is a place where they can be reconciled to God. We're doing a lot of good. We are. We really are. But I've heard things come out of people's mouths that just tear me down. It's okay to be honest about the church. But if we can't love one another, how in the world are we going to love the lost? We're not. A lot of times we think, oh, it's easier to love the stranger because they haven't wronged me. Let me, let me change that. They haven't wronged you yet. It's going to happen. We're people. But if we truly want to be about reaching the lost, we've got to be on the same team. We've got to be in one accord. That doesn't mean unity does not equal uniformity. But it means that we've got to be together and on the same page. You know, at, at Revival this week, there was unity there. Even though sometimes it seemed like there wasn't really a plan. Sometimes it seemed like, are they just winging it? The answer is yes. <laughs> but there was unity, even though there wasn't uniformity. And for us to be a church that is about reaching the lost people in the same way that God's heart is for the lost... We have to be about unity. Not uniformity. We're not all going to look the same. We're not all going to smell the same. We're not all going to think the same. But we've got to. Got to be united in Christ. So today, maybe you, you, you're thinking about someone that is a sheep in your life. They know they're lost. And you just, the, the cry of your heart's desire is that they would come to know the love of God. Keep praying. Keep reaching out. Keep spending time with them. But if you have someone in your life today that is a coin, that says they, they don't even know that they're lost, church, it's going to take time. But please, put in the time. Because they're valuable not to Gainesville Church of the Nazarene specifically, they're valuable to God. And without them, the family of God is incomplete. Completely incomplete. Well, we've gone through this whole series on parables. And I hope that you've been challenged by the words of Jesus. Not by my words, but what God says. That we are to be about reaching the lost. We are to be connected to the vine. We are to invite others to the great banquet. There's work to be done in our community. This Saturday, for the fall festival, there are going to be people on this campus that are lost. I, I, could, I don't know, honestly, if there's anyone in this room today that is lost. I don't know. On Saturday, I guarantee you 100,000% there will be people here that are lost. That's our opportunity. Let's go love on them. And if they're coins, let's just begin a relationship with them. If they're sheep and they're crying out, help. I don't know what it is, but I'm lost. Then we'll be here for them. But if they're a coin that has no idea they're lost, we'll be here for them. And we'll be here for them in five years and we'll be in ten years. 
I'm done talking today. Uh, Pastor Cassie, would you come and, and just play? I, I, I want to invite us to have a time of prayer today. But I also want us to have a time of reconciliation. If there's somebody even in this room today that you have wronged, go give them a hug. If there's a grudge that you've been holding for years, go hug that person. Go call that person this afternoon. Write, do something. Set up an appointment with them. Do something. Because to be about reaching the lost, we have to be reconciled with one another. And then if you have a sheep or a coin in your life that you've been praying for for years, I invite you to come to these altars and let's keep praying. Let's lift them to God together and say that we hope it turns out like the story of the prodigal son. But we're going to celebrate when the lost become found. So come, let's pray together. Let's seek the Lord. Let's pray for the heart of our church that we would be about reaching the lost. And today that the breath in our very lungs is a gift from the one who found us, who sought us out, who left the 99, who left the other nine coins at home and went out looking, who rejoiced when the prodigal came home. May our heart as a church be that of God heart for the lost that can lay aside our desires and our wants and say God how can we reach the lost would you pray with me Father today I pray today there would be a turning point for someone in this room for someone that needs to ask forgiveness of a loved one for someone that needs freedom from chains that have just entangled them. Lord, would you just make us your holy people and that when the lost become found and they become a part of this community that, that we would reflect you and not just talk about it, but actually do it. May our heart be your heart, the heart for the lost. God, may we be better at celebrating. Celebrating when the lost are found, even when there's progress made, Lord. May we celebrate as your faithful people. God, we give you thanks today for what you've done in this place. Lord, now, I, I pray that, that we haven't heard my words today, that, but we've heard your words. And anything I've said out of line, Lord, may we just read it and and hear what you had for us today. May we go from this place with the gracious and loving Holy Spirit that allows us to be your hands and feet to the lost. We ask all this in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.